Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. We're so thankful that you're uh, watching tonight, and we pray that whatever comes from the Word of the Lord will bless you immensely, and we're thankful for what God is doing in this day and this hour. Our prayers tonight go out as a church for those that are suffering in Afghanistan and in Haiti, and uh, we want to just join with all of the others around the world uh, you can't pull up social media without somebody commenting on that they're praying. And we join our prayers with theirs and uh, lean on God to protect and bless and help each individual and family and church in each of those situations. It's a crazy world that we live in, uh, but Jesus said, "Have be not dismayed, be not discouraged. He's overcome the world. And I'm glad that we can lean on him in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of upheaval, in the midst really of evil, and know that we can call on him, and he hears, and he answers, and he loves. And so our hearts and prayers go out to all of those that are suffering tonight, and we uh, place them in the hands of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to be reading from Daniel chapter 3, and I just felt like where we're at as a church, as a country, that we have to understand what's going on, um, not in a prophetic sense, but in the way that Daniel 3 lays out, I believe that God is calling us to stand. Uh, the New Testament tells us that, that we are in a season where everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. And I believe that we need to stand, like the old song says, uh, standing by the rivers, uh, stand, having done everything else to do to stand. All through Scripture, many songs, standing on the promises of God. There's something about the posture of standing. It's a posture of confidence. It's a posture of uh it's a, it's a posture of defiance to that which is trying to overcome us. And I believe that we are in a major, major fight. Uh, we, as a church, just dealt with some of this just this last weekend. And uh, I believe that the battle is the Lord's. I believe that we are going to stand strong in this day and in this hour and in the upheaval, but there's some things that are happening that we need to recognize. And Daniel 3, in my opinion, is a great blueprint, game plan, user's manual, however you want to describe it, in what we're dealing with right now. And so my title tonight is simply this, When You Stand. Uh, when you stand for that which is right and true, when you stand for the kingdom, when you stand for the precepts of the Word of God, there are some things that begin to happen. And uh, the fun thing is, is if you can make it through to the other side, great victory is there. So in Daniel chapter 3, I'm just going to read the Word of the Lord, and then when we get to chapter, verse number 12, I'm going to start breaking some things down verse by verse for the rest of the chapter. 
And uh, I pray that this blesses you and encourages you and strengthens you and identifies for you uh, what is happening in your world and in our world together. So verse number one, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear of the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulce, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar uh, the king had set up. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews, they spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Now verse number 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We'll stop there for just a second. And uh, most you you probably have heard at one time or another the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their refusal to bow at the command to worship uh, Nebuchadnezzar's gods and the golden image that he set up. And uh, they refused to serve uh, false gods and the statue. And uh, what ends up happening here in verse 12, what I want you to notice is when you stand, and again, that's the title of my message tonight, when you stand for God, it will always draw the attention of those that follow your enemy. Uh, notice in verse 12, 11 and 12, um, uh, there, there's an, the, the, these three men, or these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, have drawn the attention of the followers of Nebuchadnezzar, and they become, I don't even know that they were upset about it, but they figured this was the way that they could get back at these Hebrew children. And I believe today when you stand for the things of God, the followers of your enemy are just waiting for an opportunity to pounce and accuse you of not doing what your enemy wants you to do. And I don't want to give the enemy any power, any authority. I want to do everything against what he does. 
And when I stand for that which is right, it draws the attention of the spirits that follow our enemy. Remember, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Uh, we wrestle not against that, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. And so I want you to understand that as you stand for God in this hour, in this day, when everything around you is just going in chaotic um, uh, direction and, and things just seem to be falling apart and going against everything, when you refuse to stand and worship the spirit of this world, when you refuse to stand or when you refuse to bow and worship the things that this world is trying to tell us are important and, un and are not important, when you stand for that which the kingdom calls you to do and God calls you to do, you are going to attract the attention of those that follow the enemy. And, and here's what happens. They run and they tattle. They're a, bunch of, they're a bunch of rats. They go and they tattle. And here's what happens in verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. When you stand for God, you enrage your enemy. Now, I don't know how many of you have heard from others in our church or those that uh, don't attend our church that are watching this online. Last Friday night, we had somebody come and vandalize our building and broke several of the windows out. They tried to break the windows in our new area, but those were too strong for them to break. So they went into our, our old education wing and they broke four uh, windows out and attempted to break a fifth and uh, attempted through a picnic table up against our building trying to damage the building. And when this gentleman that we do not know who he is, as far as we can tell, there is absolutely no connection to our church or a member of our church. And uh, when the police officer asked him why he did this, his only statement with a smile on his face was, I just hate this church. Now he has, as far as, like I said, as far as we know, he has no connection. What does that tell me? I'll tell you what that tells me. It tells me that Spirit of Grace Church has enraged its enemy because we're standing for things that are biblical. We're standing for things that are kingdom. We're not being swayed by the things of this world. We're not being overcome and we're not willing to bow for the things of man-made religion. We are standing for what God is speaking and what the Spirit is saying to the church and our prayer has been, Lord, give us the ear to hear what you're saying to the church. And when you do that, things begin to take place because you enrage your enemy. He gets ticked off. Nebuchadnezzar is full of fury and rage, and he demands Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to come before him in verse 13. And so we have to understand that when you stand, when you do what God wants you to do, you are going to enrage your enemy. It's always... I've always used it this way and thought of it this way. If I'm fighting against the enemy, it means I'm doing something right. Because if I wasn't causing him to get enraged, it means I'm not doing what God has asked me to do. And so I want to encourage you, if your enemy is enraged, take comfort in the thought you're right where God wants you and you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. But then in verse 14 and 15, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made, 
well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour to the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Um, Nebuchadnezzar was forcing people to worship something that they didn't believe in. And that's really what's going on in the world today. And uh, on the flip side of that, there's repercussions that he gives us in this passage. If you don't do it, this is what's going to happen. If you don't do it, if you don't do it my way, if you don't do what I have set up, if you don't do it the way, and your enemy is whispering that into your spirit constantly, you need to do it this way. You need to hate this brother. You need to hate this sister. You need to cheat to get to this. You need to, to, to compromise to get to that. You need to do the constantly telling you what he wants you to do without telling you that his consequences of listening to him are far worse than the consequences of not listening to him. And when you stand, I want you to notice what Nebuchadnezzar does. Nebuchadnezzar has not even answered any, or has not asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego a question yet. They have not responded, but he identifies right off the bat that it wasn't about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but it was about their God. Their, their God is not even mentioned anywhere in here. It doesn't say that they didn't bow because of what God said. They just did not bow. They refused to worship the gods and the image that Nebuchadnezzar had created. And he closes out verse 15, bringing God into the situation. Listen, your enemy doesn't need to understand and doesn't have to have a conversation with you to understand that the reason you're resisting the things of this world and the spirit of this world is because there's a God that's tugging at your spirit. There's a God that you're leaning on. There's a God that you're trusting in. Just continue to stand because you're getting him upset. And when he gets upset, he can't help himself but bring God into the equation. And when he brings God into the equation, he's asking for trouble. It's, it's amazing to me that we, we, we sit and we fight and we fight and we fight and we fight when in all actuality what we just really need to do is stand and our enemy crumbles around himself because he gets erratic and he gets so enraged that he brings God into it and God begins to do battle on our behalf. And that brings us now finally in verse 16 to their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not, be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. My friend, this lets me know something in this passage. We need to stop defending ourselves. We need to stop uh, justifying our actions as Christians. We need to stop arguing with the spirit of this world and just trust in God and let God do it. And if God doesn't do it, so be it. I'm sold out to God whether he delivers me or not, whether I have to deal with uh, issues or not, whether I have to go to the fiery furnace or not. Be it known unto you, O enemy of my soul, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not turning to the left. I'm not turning to the right. My eyes and my heart are fixed on Jesus. 
the author and the finisher of my faith, and no matter what you bring my way, I'm going to stand for him and not bow to you. And we don't have to try to prove because of this, this, and this. All we have to do is tell the enemy, I don't care what you do, my God is able, and even if he doesn't do it, I'm still going to serve him. Can I tell you what that does? Romans says it this way, overcome evil with good. Heap fiery coals on the head of your enemy by doing good, by not getting swallowed up in the arguments of this world. Can I tell you that there are Christians all across this world right now that are being hindered and being distracted because they're fighting the wrong fight. Just let God do your battle. Do what God wants you to do. Stand for that which is true and righteous and see what God will do. And, and so, because then when you see in verse number 19, if we would just stop defending ourselves and justifying our actions and complaining about this infringement and that infringement, and just stand, I am going to serve God no matter what. Then said, was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visions was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It got him so enraged and mad that the face, his face even changed. It became distorted. It causes the enemy to get even more upset. And when he's more upset, he even goes and he says this. He commands that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was already to be heated. Listen, I wish I could tell you that when you stand, everything's going to become easy. And when you stand, but it doesn't always happen that way right away. I'm reminded of the story, and I've shared this several times with our church, but the story of Chuck Yeager when he broke the sound barrier. Uh, in his description of that flight that broke the sound barrier, he, he says that as he got closer to the breaking point, the pressure that was building up in his in the cockpit, and the, the thing started shaking and rattling, and, and some things began to almost malfunction, and and he thought that the plane was getting ready just to explode just before it broke in. And when it broke in, it was just absolutely peaceful. Can I tell you that your most stressful times, your most pressurized situations, are simply the precursor to you stepping into the realm of peace? Nebuchadnezzar was so mad. He was so furious. He, he said, heat the, the furnace up seven times more than it was already to be done. He was furious. If you've got your enemy that furious, just know this. You are on the winning side. You're getting ready to have a great victory. Just hang on by faith to the things that God will do. And the, the next thing that happens, it's it may even seem to be painful to a certain extent at the beginning. But just hold on. Just continue to stand. Because in verse 20 to 22, we see that Nebuchadnezzar goes a little bit crazy. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were uh, bound in their coats, their uh, hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, when you get the enemy so mad, uh, he will unleash the strongest in his army, the strongest in his battalion, the strongest force will come against you. Keep standing, 
if it gets so bad, you just have to understand that it's just a little bit longer and a miracle is going to take place. It's just a little bit longer and God's going to step in and take care of the situation. He didn't even care. The enemy doesn't even care about his own forces. They sent him on a suicide mission. These, these soldiers that were uh, stronger than any else that he had and the furnace was so hot that it killed them. And I, I find it interesting that they didn't catch it that the furnace being opened killed the soldiers, but the, the Hebrew children were, were went in and fell down. <laughs> uh, you would think that they would have died instantly as well, which lets us know that the tools of the adversary cannot destroy that which stands for God. And then you get to verse 23, they fall down, they walk around in the furnace. Um, and verse 24, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said, This, O uh, true, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst, and in the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God always shows up at the hottest point of your situation. God doesn't necessarily get you when it's just lukewarm. God doesn't come alongside of you necessarily when it's just uh, when everything is going well, but at that point where you think you're about ready to break and even die, God shows up, and he shows up in a big way. And we see God showing up in this passage of Scripture, and and we recognize that if, if what you're going through right now, what you're dealing with as an individual, as a family, what we're dealing with as churches, what we're dealing with as the kingdom of God in a world, I'm sorry, this world has become a fiery furnace of the enemy. And at its hottest point, God shows up. And when God shows up, anything begins to happen. I'm sorry, as no matter how bad it gets in the world, I want to be on his side. I want to lean on him. My prayer is, God, give us strength to stand. Give us strength to be faithful. When everybody else is falling by the wayside, when everybody else is bowing to the to the idol, when everybody else is giving in, and when everybody else is showing up, I'm asking him to give us strength to stand in the day of evil, stand in the in the precepts of the word of God, stand in the power and the anointing of his name. No matter what may come our way, I want to stand for him, because as long as I stand, when I get to that hottest point, God shows up. The fourth one shows up in the furnace. And then we see in verses 26 to 27, here's what, here's here, when God shows up, there is a turning point. You see, up till this point, it's all been seemingly one-sided. It was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that refused to bow. It was them that, re, that took on the repercussions of the decree of the king. It was the king. Remember when he's the one that was said, and who is your God? Look what gets ready to happen here now in verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the most high God, come forth and come hither. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. The princes, the governors, the captains, the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their uh, coats char uh, charred uh, or changed, and the smell of fire had not passed on them. 
notice that God never calls Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire. I, I need you to hear this right now. If you're watching this, please understand. God doesn't call them out of the fire. The enemy of their soul calls them out of the fire because of the miracle of God. Because God was there, our enemy recognizes who God is. After all, he's been trying to become like God since he was cast out of uh, heaven. Our enemy, the enemy of our soul, knows who God is. And when God shows up where we have stood, where we have resisted the enemy, where we have totally abolished the concept of even bowing to him, when God shows up, notice that it's not God that releases Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego calling them out of the fire. But the enemy begins to call him out. Your enemy, I believe this, I believe that you are getting ready to have an enemy call you out from your situation and the enemy to be the one to declare your miracle. It's not just going to be you recognizing your miracle, but those that have caused you harm are going to recognize the miraculous hand of God in your life. I believe what we are getting ready to enter into the Bible says it this way in Psalm 23, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, which lets me know that our enemies are going to see what God has prepared for us. I believe that we are entering into a season. Should he tarry, I believe that God is going to unleash the blessings and the power and the anointing of God upon his people in the presence of our enemies. Our enemies are going to begin to declare our miracles. Notice Nebuchadnezzar says it in verse uh, number 26. You servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. And in verse 27, the, the miracle, they step into their miracle. Notice who's doing the calling. Listen, I just got to tell you, I can't wait to hear my enemy declare God's miracle in my life. Uh, that's going to be a great day. That's going to be an incredible opportunity. Notice then further in verse 28 and verse 29, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. So not only does the enemy call out the, the three Hebrew children out of the, the situation that they're in, he then begins to declare the glory of God. Listen, my friend, we are getting close to a day and I believe that we're going to see it in our lifetime where the enemy of our soul is going to be declaring the glory of God against his uh, or her uh, desire to do so. Uh, that person that has ridiculed you, that person that has uh, discredited you, that person that has excommunicated you, when they see what you've been through and they've seen the God that you serve and that you haven't fallen, that you haven't given up, but that you've stood in the midst of all kinds of chaos, they are going to then declare the glory of God 
and they are going to recognize that it's only God that can do what God does. For too long, there's been too many people that think that there's all different kinds of avenues to miracles and signs and wonders, but there's only one God that can deliver, and there's only one God that shows up in the midst of your fiery furnace. I can't wait to hear that. And then in verse 30, the king promotes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen, I, I love being promoted by God, but there's something just exciting when your enemy has to promote you. When your enemy steps up and promotes you, not because of who you are, but because who you stood for, because of who you stand for even now. My friend, there is a day, some of you have gone through hell and back. Some of you have spent your days in a fiery furnace and you have faced the judgment of the enemy and you have chained and you have stood strong and you have stood the test of time. I just have to believe that what God is getting ready to do, he's already beginning it. But when we begin to see this for our church, for those that aren't a part of our church, uh, I encourage you to go to our website and, and click on our YouTube and, and watch the last seven or eight weeks of our messages because God has put us through what we've called a boot camp. We've just gotten rid of the things that we need to get rid of and we've adjusted things because we're getting ready to step into something powerful and I believe part of that powerful thing is going to become a kingdom-directed initiative where our enemy is even going to begin to give glory to God. And those that have ridiculed, those that have bashed, those that have criticized the church are getting ready to enter the church. Those that have, that have cursed and those that have walked away, the prodigals that said it wasn't worth it, uh, the false accusations, all of the things that our churches and our church people deal with. I believe that there is a shaking that's going on. There's a God that has shown up in the fiery furnace and our enemy is getting ready to call us out and allow us to be promoted. And they are going to begin to declare the glory of God. What, what an example of where we're at in the book of Daniel. I believe wholeheartedly in the power of Almighty God to give us what we need. But in the midst of all of that, it's so much fun to watch God create in our enemy the desire, because we've stood for him, the desire to call and declare a miracle, to give glory to God, to prosper us. My friend, continue to stand. When the waves are high, stand. When the flames are around your feet, stand. When your friends betray you, stand. When your family neglects you, stand. When your job backstabs you, stand. No matter what's going on, when you think you're being forced to, to succumb uh, to that which goes against the word of God, just continue to stand for God. And in the end of all things, when you stand, God shows up. And when God shows up, your enemy begins to, to declare the goodness of God in your life. Oh, my Lord, he is on the move. He is doing something amazing. Just stand holding the hand of God and just see what he'll do. I want to challenge you this week, the rest of this week. And if you're local here and you don't have a home church, I want to encourage you to come to our uh, church on Woodcrest Drive in Coon Rapids, 10110 North uh, Coon, uh, Woodcrest Drive Northwest in Coon Rapids at 1030. It's been such an amazing uh, season for us and what God is doing. But more than all of that, I, I just want you to challenge you the rest of this week 
to stand. I, I know the news is doom and gloom. I know what's going on, like I said at the beginning, with Afghanistan and Haiti and even here in America and all the turmoil that's going on, all of the uncertainty that's that's going through our communities and our states and our country and around the world. But now more than ever, just stand. Don't bow. Don't give in. Just stand. Don't compromise God's word. Just stand. And we'll see God come through. And not only that, our enemy will begin to give glory to God and promote us. I believe that in Jesus' name. I hope this has blessed your heart tonight. Would you just close with us in prayer? Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Ask you, Lord Jesus, to do a mighty work in these last days. We'll love you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.